Hello, and welcome to the first ever episode of Cuse Infused, a Syracuse drama podcast. My name is Evan Leone, uh, and I am a current freshman musical theater major at Syracuse University. I have never been more excited about anything in my entire life. <laughs> uh, when I got to Syracuse, rather recently, it's been like a month, I saw how many interesting people exist within this department and all of the amazing alumni and teachers and students especially. So I thought I would start something that would be beneficial to really anyone who has any interest in this department or in this world of performing arts. Um, so in this first episode, I will be interviewing an alumni of Syracuse. I won't always be interviewing alumni, um, though there's going to be plenty of that. But I am willing to speak to anybody who's who's a part of this Syracuse world, this drama world. Um, so for today, I am so excited to have Stephen Carrasco on the podcast. Stephen Carrasco is an alumni of Syracuse. He got his BFA in musical theater. He is currently in the national tour of Hamilton playing Samuel Seabury. Um, and they are in their third week of their four-month run in Chicago. Um, and I got the chance to to chat with him. I, I, he was so amazing, so lovely, so nice. Um, he has been in a total of nine Broadway shows. Um, and I know you'll see from our conversation, he's not the biggest fan of spewing out bios, but I have to because he is the best resume ever. Um, he made his Broadway debut in Irving Berlin's White Christmas, um, and then he was a part of the cast of Billy Elliot, and then he was a part of the cast of Ghost, the musical. Uh, then after that, he was in Kinky Boots. Then he was in Fiddler on the Roof, uh, and then Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and then Anastasia, and then Wicked... And most recently on Broadway was Diana, um, and that was during COVID. So that was COVID, and now he's a part of the Hamilton tour. Um, and I, I'm so lucky that I got to talk with him because I had so many questions. And I think in this podcast, I want to ask, especially alumni, you know, what they were thinking going through college and why they chose to, you know, pursue a theater degree. Um, so. So I'm so glad that um, I asked him so many things about college and we talked about, um, you know, how to keep working uh, in, 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 that, in that whole world and being a good person um, and, and all of that fun stuff. So um, I'm just going to cut to the interview. So without further ado, I'm so excited. Here is the interview with Stephen Carrasco. Let's start with... Like, traveling back to, like, 16, 17, 18, Stephen, like, you were, you started dancing in, like, late high school, right? Like, did, yeah, I started dancing really seriously when I went to college, but I did, like, a summer program in high school, but that was really the extent of my... Right, right you did the Carnegie, the Carnegie Mellon thing, right? I did. Wow, you did your research on it. I did my research. <laughs> I'm impressed. I'm really impressed. But, so, so, so like, you did this, the Carnegie Mellon thing, and then... Were, were you like, how did you decide you wanted to go into college for it? Well, I did the Carnegie Mellon program because my parents were basically like, um, 
you know, you don't really know if you want to do this. Like, you like it. It's, like, something you do extracurricularly at high school, but you don't know if, like, you really want to study this. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother, of all people, and my grandfather found this program um, at Carnegie Mellon uh, and sent me there. And after six weeks of that, I was like, I'm completely obsessed with this. Mm -hmm. And that sort of dipped my toe into... I started hearing what the good schools were for theater. I started realizing I should go to school for theater, what a BFA was, all, all of that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know about any of that. Um, uh-huh. I, grew, I grew up in a great area of Michigan, like a really, uh, it was a great school, but it wasn't really theatrically connected in the middle of, you know, middle America. Um, and I had the bug. So then I started, I auditioned for schools when I was in, my, during my senior year, and I got into a few places, didn't get into a few others. was devastated mm-hmm. from that. Uh-huh. Um, as we all were in that part of our journey, if we you know chose that path. Yeah. Then I ended up at Syracuse. Yeah. But Which, were there like a few schools you were deciding between? Like you were like, what made you come to come to Syracuse? Um. Well, I visited Syracuse um, and really liked the campus. It was like the perfect size school for me. Yeah. I grew up at Michigan State University, so I knew what the like giant, huge collegiate experience could be like. And I wanted something just slightly more boutique than that. Um, and Syracuse was sort of like the perfect like size-wise level down a bit. Yeah. Um, and I really liked the department. I thought the facilities were great. Like... Uh, I was deciding between this and Miami and Florida, University of Miami. Um, and like, I think I had like art school in Emerson, but I toured those campuses and I was like, yeah. no, 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 not for me. Yeah. But they're not wonderful. They're just not for, for Steven. Um, yeah. And uh, I really liked Syracuse. Like I liked the vibe. I liked the people I met in the program. And yeah. Um, I liked the teachers who I had auditioned for. Um, so I gave it a whirl. Yeah. So then, like, okay, then you were at Syracuse. So, like, what what, what was your experience, like, at Syracuse? Were you, like, um, I, I want to ask you about, like, did you study abroad in London and, like, and things so, like that? So, you know, I, uh, I'm not sure how you feel because you're currently in it. But I can tell you, when I was there, it mattered a lot. Like, everything was such a big deal. Casting. Mm-hmm. Like, liked you or not all of the politics of going to like a bfa program and all that mm-hmm. shit all that stuff oh can i swear i can swear right yeah. um all that shit and uh it mattered a great deal so like when london came up and like i could have went and had this incredible life experience no 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 because like steven really wanted to be cast in like you know the fall musical right like, God forbid I go off and like, you know, experience life and do like <laughs> what I consider to be like a rite of passage for most, most college kids. Yeah. Um, and so, no, I did not go to London. And then that spring, my senior year was the first Tepper semester. We were like the guinea pig class. Oh. Um, and because it was the first one, I didn't really want to be a guinea pig. Um, so you didn't go or did you? No, I li- I'm lying to your face. It was the fall semester of my senior year. So it was the year after I could have gone to London, but didn't. Um, it was the fall semester. And I it was the guinea pig year. And I also, again, wanted to be in the musical that was that fall. Yeah. Um, and so I didn't do that either. Um, uh-huh. And yeah, I really just I really just marinated in the Syracuse University space for as long as <laughs> You were like, I want to move to the city after school, though. Yeah, well, I decided at the very last minute to graduate early. 
I graduated um, in December. I didn't do my second semester senior year. But oh. because I decided that so late, I stayed in Syracuse for that semester um, with all my friends and sort of, you know, went to all the parties. Uh, and uh, went to New York City often, like every month, probably like twice a month for auditions and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, sort of lived, I lived at 111 Comstock. That was my home base for that, um, those like three yeah. or four. Yeah, okay. our work lined up, so I knew that it would be easiest for me to just stay there until I could, you know, relocate there for the summer and move out of. Yeah, about actually about summers. Like during college, did you do summer stock during the summers? Like, what 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 did your summers look like? Yeah, three of the four summers after Syracuse, I worked at what was then called Merry Go Round Playhouse, the Rev Theater Company. Okay. Um, yeah. I did a total of ten shows there over four different summers, oh. and then uh, one summer I worked at Hershey Park which was uh, an experience. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, that was, those, those were my four summers. And I, whenever I sort of talk to people who are in school now, I always encourage them as much as I can to like do your best to get out and try some of that stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, your summers while you're in college, if you have the luxury of being able to make very little money, Mm -hmm. um, you can go and, you know, experience what it's like to work with New York actors, to, you know, do eight shows a week, to, you know, audition and professionally and see if you can, you know, compete in that way. Right. Um, all of that. I think it's a really eye-opening experience. And, right. you know, I worked with people at Merry-Go-Round at that time for like $175 a week. <laughs> like I was in the ensemble with Aaron Tabate. We were both like, yeah, in Footloose together for like you know two hundred bucks, one hundred seventy five dollars a week, whatever it was. Like, yeah, you know, and that's crazy. It's crazy to think, you know, that like now he's you know a Tony Award winning actor. Yeah, um, it's just it's 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 crazy, but it's invaluable experience both from a business perspective and also from an artistic one. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, because then, like, so then you graduate from Syracuse. And how was the transition from, from like finding an apartment in the city? Like, you know, were you, were you worried at all or how was that? Oh yeah. Not as nearly as worried as my parents, but I was very worried. Um, I had, I had a little bit of faith in myself because I had lined up getting my equity card the summer after I graduated. So I got it like the fall after I graduated from my summer experience at at the Rev. Okay. The Rev. Um, And moved to New York and at that point because I was equity I was able to like at least go excuse me to ACCs and and, um, EPAs Mm -hmm. and not have to wait forever to be seen like I could sign up for them ahead of time and go and at least get myself out there and start exercising those muscles and going as often as possible I got a job I think like Urban Outfitters which is like the the worst thing I could have done for myself because I was like you know making two dollars a week but then spending six dollars a week on clothes yeah um, but I, you know, for that, that whole fall through New York, I really, I, I figured it out. Like I figured out what it was like to live in New York. I learned the subway system, you know, all of that sort of the hard truths you have to, you know, l- learn the difficult way. Um, and I knew I didn't want to sign a lease anywhere cause I was really hoping to work, to get a job and to leave the city, you know, mm-hmm. I got reg- a regional job or something. So I decided to only sublet. And in fact, from 2006 until I bought my apartment in 2011, I only ever sublet in New York. I never signed a lease. 
Um, and I, I don't, I mean, everyone's financial situation is different and everyone, like, I now know the value of having like a home base. Right. For me financially to not, to go to, you know, Ohio and work for three months making 600 bucks a week then, uh-huh. I could also afford to continue to pay my rent. And I didn't want the stress of trying to find a subletter constantly. So subletting for me made the most sense. And I'm really glad that that was my path because it enabled me to save what little money I could. Uh-huh. Not my first like big job. Right. I didn't even ask you. So how um, did you do the, the, the showcase after like during your senior year? Like how was that with like agents and stuff? Yeah. I mean, going back, like once again, like that was just like, it was like stakes 10, like, like <laughs> yeah. do the showcase. Got it. Got to be somebody. Got to be a yeah. Gotta get, gotta get going. So yes, I was in the showcase. Um, yeah. You know, I have many thoughts on that subject, but to me, that's a different podcast. Um, uh, but yeah, yep, I did the showcase. I did get some representation out of it, and I worked with that agent for about um, two minutes and thirty-five seconds, and then I got a different agent. Right. Um, but yeah, I did. I did the showcase. I did it. Yeah, you did it. Okay. Um, was there like anything that you like you you were happy about that you had from a college experience going into the city? Like, oh, I'm glad that I had you know, or any information that you picked up on well, during the, the years. Community is invaluable, right? Like mm-hmm. those people. I think we sat. I remember my freshman year, Jerry came to like speak to us as a class. So the first time we all got together, like you know, orientation weekend or whatever it was. Yeah. And she said, you know, like, and I'm sure she, this is, I hope this is a speech she's given to like everyone when she comes to that meeting, but she was like, you know, look to your left, look to your right. These are the people who will, you know, be standing next to you at your wedding or at your funeral or mm-hmm. celebrating your retirement with you, or just, these are, these are friends for life. And she was right. I mean, I'm, I've been, I've been in or have asked many of my classmates to be in my wedding. Um, I am about to go to another classmate's wedding at the end of the month several uh-huh. married each other um uh-huh. and that community when i moved to new york became invaluable they really were the people who i could bounce ideas off of i want to try this crazy thing at this audition is am i a lunatic like you know it yeah. was like that coming from the middle america and having no connection to new york city that that group of us that moved there together was i mean we're still connected it's right. It was it was so helpful and something I leaned on constantly for emotional support, for business advice, for everything. Yeah, yeah. But so when you, how long was it? So you made the Broadway debut in, in White Christmas. That was like what? A tw- I'm not gonna. Um... It was like a year. So okay, so I moved in the fall of 2006 to the city, right. and then I got my first like regional theater job that took me away like for the late winter, early spring, like January to May. Yeah. Uh, and then I moved back to the city and then I went back to Mary Garon for the summer, um, to the Rev theater company for the summer. And then in the fall of 2007, moved back to New York and really was a little bit defeated because it had been a year I had worked, which was great, but I had only really worked at like the same level from when I graduated. I, I didn't really feel like I had progressed the mm-hmm. way I do because you know, we have all these expectations we put on ourselves, which at that time was just completely toxic, but I was a complete victim of that. Yeah. And I ended up like, you know, 
booking this tour of White Christmas for the following holiday. So like the holidays of 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was my biggest paying job to date. Um, and it was working with like bro- a, bro- a Broadway creative team that had that had done things on Broadway. So I feel like, okay, well now maybe I'm ticking up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's important to note, I don't know that you know this, or I, I just, I feel it's important to say for Stephen Carrasco's trajectory, I only ever wanted to be second boy from the right. I don't like being a star. I don't like being in the spotlight. I've covered principles on Broadway because I've had to in order to keep working, not because it's been like the next step in my career because I want to be that principal. I want to play that wrong. Uh-huh. That's just not me. No shade or um, judgment to anyone who, who that that is the path they want. Yeah. I just, I've always been really good at being second guy from the right. And like, I, I've understudied second guy from the right now a ton. And yeah. that's what I always wanted. So for me, being in the ensemble of this tour and being now working with like Broadway level creative, a Broadway level creative team, I felt like, okay, finally I was like on the next step up on the stairs, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did that tour, which was, you know, fascinating in many ways. It was a, yeah. a very interesting job. And then I got uh, in the spring, that spring of 2008, I ended up working at Paper Mill. I got a job doing Kiss Me Kate there, which yeah. that me really felt like my break because it was near the city again mm-hmm. like you know a really great creative team who were doing a lot at really good regional theaters around the country and some of them on broadway mm-hmm. um working with people who were like broadway actors who were playing the leads you know um and paper mill was just a really great experience there and a lovely theater to work for yeah um, and then on closing night of that production and i had my work lined up for the whole summer the choreographer of that show uh, at Paper Mill, hired me to dance in uh, her show at Goodspeed that summer. It was called Half a Six Pack. Didn't know what it was, but I was thrilled someone wanted me, you know, after working with me. Yeah. Um, and so, on the clo- and then on the closing night of Kiss Me Kate, I broke my foot in the show. Uh-huh. And so at that point then, it was like, again, stakes 10. My career is over. I'm never going to work again. How'd you break um, it? Like, on, during the show? Uh, I was in, if you know Kiss Me Kate, I was in, I was one of the suitors, Harry, and I had a, um, solo, we each had solo dance variations in the number. And I, um, did a, what's called a saute arabesque and I land and I turned my foot as I landed and turned my ankle and I snapped my, um, fifth metatarsal in half. Um, oh my God. I finished the number cause I'm a what professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, hobbled off stage, took off my boot, and by that point my like ankle and foot had swollen up to like the size of a softball. Oh my so god. So I went to the hospital, that whole gag. But that meant then that I had to back out of my summer gig. Mm. And basically then I felt like I was back at zero, which I was so frustrated by. Um it was really hard and and so crazy. I went back to Michigan because being on crutches in New York when you have no money to begin with was a disaster. Yeah. Um, Went back to Michigan for the summer, recouped, and then Paper Mill was so kind, lovely. They offered me the fall show that started in August, like late August, if I had recouped enough by that point. And I had, so I went in and did Oklahoma there. And everything happens for a reason because I was then in, when you work at Paper Mill, you live in the city and you just, you, you van out to the theater. And at that point, it was the coming up on the holiday season of 2008. 
And I, I knew White Christmas was auditioning because it was its first year to be on Broadway. But I'd never done like the official quote unquote version with team. I had only done this like regional version, which was a same show, but just a different different choreography, different stage. Um, and so I took Randy Skinner's class at Steps one afternoon. Mm. In my like trying to get back on my feet after my broken foot, like trying to strengthen myself, getting ready for Oklahoma at Paper Mill. And I loved it. I just loved his style. It was like such old school musical theater. It was like what I'd seen in the movies growing up. And I, I really loved it. Yeah. And I also like had figured out by this point, being in the city for two years, that like there is a lot more to this business than just showing up in a room and doing good work. And so uh, there was a girl in Oklahoma at Paper Mill who was already contracted to do the Broadway company of White Christmas. And she had done the Randy Skinner version several years before years in a row. And so I convinced her to give me Randy's email and she did. And I emailed him and I said, I, 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 can, I cannot believe the, the, like, the nerve I had when I was, you know, 24 or whatever I was. Um, but I said like, Hey Randy, my name's Steven. I attached my headshot resume, of course. <laughs> I said, um, I didn't want to ask for it. That was like the most important thing. Oh, the backstory you need to is that I had been called in. I'd been invited through my agent at the time to audition for the Broadway company, but I couldn't attend the invited dance call because I had tech for Oklahoma. I paid real. So I wrote Randy and I said, Hey Randy, um, I just wanted to reach out. I took your class at Steps. It was amazing. You are like your style of dance is like why I got into musical theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I got called in for the invited dance call for White Christmas. I can't make it because I'm in tech for Oklahoma at Paper Mill, but um, I really hope I can get in for the show at some point in the future years. Um, just wanted to drop you a line. Thank you so much for everything that you do for this business. Yeah. Sincerely, Stephen Carrasco. He almost immediately wrote me back and said, Hey, Stephen, um, I know you can't come to the invited dance call on Thursday, but on Friday morning, we're seeing um, understudies. So you could come to that call and we can just treat it as your invited dance call if you want. And I was like, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I went, I had one of the worst auditions of my life. We had to tap dance sitting down, which I don't know, Evan, I don't, sorry, I didn't do my research. I don't know your performance background, but if you ever were That's to, hard. Uh, if you ever were to tap dance, uh, <laughs> it, it requires the weight of your body. Right. And your weight you're able to, you know, use your feet in different ways. Right. Um, when you sit down, you remove that element, right? You're no <laughs> on your feet. And so I could barely tap dance to begin with. I took like, you know, a semester of it in college. But uh, I made maybe one sound out of like 150. Like it was, a, it was one of the first auditions I've ever had. Right. The rest of the audition was great. Like the other combinations I did and stuff. But that was the specific audition was for to cover the like song and dance man in the show. And they, he sat down and... Um, so I was pretty like defeated. I thought like, oh, I for sure didn't get this. Mm-hmm. Uh, got in the van to go to Paper Mill that afternoon, and my agent called and told me I was going to be in the Broadway Company White Christmas. Oh and my god! I was an ensemble dancer. I was not covering Phil, <laughs> um, and 
that was really cool. And that was sort of like the beginning of everything. Like the, 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 the saying that like work begats work in show business, in my case, could not be more true. Um, it has continued on to this day. Like the people I've met in various jobs have connected me to my future job in some way, shape or form, almost always. Um, and yeah, I very quickly learned, I've said this before when I've come back to Syracuse to teach, but, um, I very quickly learned that the one thing I really did, didn't get at Syracuse in my education was a business education. Like I didn't learn about marketing myself, about, um, networking. I didn't learn about, you know, you are your own business. Like if you're going to pursue a career in show business, like you're. You're, whether you're LLC'd or not, you mm-hmm. are your own business and you have to run it as such, right? You have to worry yeah. about the finances of it. You have to worry about, you know, keeping the lights on. You have to worry about running the business. And like, I didn't really learn that that was a thing until, you know, years after I had graduated. Right. But to go back to your earlier question, that was my path. Sorry for that very long answer to that. But the thing that I love though is like, people don't get is like you took the initiative to email that person and that you know what i mean like i feel like when you put things out it just comes back to you i don't know and i also um with like were you what i hear is like were you very calculated and like when you were in a job you were thinking about the next so you could keep going from like stranding from string to string i i would say at first i wasn't calculated i was very aware i was very conscious of like okay, like this person is doing a lot of things. So the last thing I want them to walk away from this job thinking is, God, I want to spend less time with Steven Carrasco. You know what I mean? So it wasn't so much about like uh, calculating things or like saying, I want to befriend this person so I get something out of it. It wasn't that at all. I'm a genuinely really nice person and I really enjoy meeting people and connecting with people. Yeah. Um, So it more became like, I just want to get to know these people. And in that, in leading with kindness and being open and just trying to be a person and not just like, you know, someone who shows up and does a good job, you know, like uh, there's more to it than that. You, you know, if you were putting together a group of people for a project next week, you not only would you think about who's right for that project, you'd also think about the people you want to work with because they're either they help make you the best that you are or they're a really good time or all of those things that all comes into it when you're putting together a new Broadway show. And so I want to be someone who people want to work with, not mm. only because of my talent, but because of the joy I bring into the room, because of the jokes I crack at the right time, because of just like being a fun, wonderful human. And yeah. that I think is, is more so what it was than, than, you know, being calculated. I'm not calling, I'm not calling myself a wonderful human. I'm just trying saying I, I want to be a wonderful human. Yeah. Yeah. It all, it all matters. I mean, I, like, I remember once there was, I was, I was the dance captain of the Kinky Boots tour and someone was coming in for one of the understudies um, and he was up for it. And he messaged me um, and said, Hey, I'm like, I'm up for the Charlie cover, blah, blah, blah. And this, guy and I had dated back in the day and he he treated me like absolute trash at the end of the day. and I remember thinking like I really hope this person doesn't get this job 
And like, yeah. I didn't take any action to stop them from getting the job. Spoiler right. alert, they didn't get the job, thank God. Right. But um, I just remember thinking like, wow, if, if I had more power than I do in this business, would, I, would that have affected me being open to this person even getting this job? You know? Yeah. And like, that stuff matters. And it's not hard to be a decent human being. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a thing you think people make the mistake of? Like a young person like me kind of worrying about, I don't know. I feel like we don't work, like college students worry about the wrong things. I mean, it's a lot of plates to spin, especially as you're finishing up that time of your life. Like, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, it really does. Like you're, you're really in it. You really, it matters a great deal. All, all of those things. But I think at the end of the day, it's not hard to just be kind. I think that, you know, that's how you forge relationships with your best friends in college. That's how you, you know, connect with the new individuals. And I think if you lead with that, you're setting yourself up to succeed at the end of the day. Yeah. I hate it. I, I hate that that's like a, just be nice. You know what I mean? Like it's not, yeah. it's not that simple at the end of the day. I, I get it, but it's also not that hard. You know? Yeah, I get it. And yeah. you know, if you're going to date people in show business, like you really, when it's no longer for you, yeah. when you're like ready to end that relationship, you gotta be uh, the bigger yeah. person and you gotta be really honest and you gotta be really gentle. Mm-hmm. And you know, you gotta exit that situation as cleanly as possible right yeah okay so i know you're gonna hate this question but so it's nine broadway shows yeah nine broadway shows and broadway shows third national tour yeah um i feel like it's just so i don't know that's such a rare i think it's just it's such a rare thing to have such a long career and like I'm I'm gonna ask about this because I was shot. I was so confused when I saw it. You do like insurance, like financial insurance. Are you an insurance agent? Um, not exactly. So, uh, during the pandemic, um, I sort of made the conscious decision to leave show business. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. No. My last like three theater experiences leading up to the pandemic were not awesome. And I felt a little bit scarred. Um, And I was like, I just need to try something else. I need to know if I am more than just this. Uh And I have always been really interested in money. I love finance. Um, I, you know, bought an apartment in New York earlier than most people do, especially people in show business. I bought my second property in my mid-30s and leveraged real estate for that. Like, I, I just love... I love being smart with my money and the rewards that you get from being smart with your money. Yeah. Um, and I applied for a ton of different positions. I had literally, I had never worked in corporate America, so I had no idea what, what even I was looking at when I was looking at these listings, like what, how to format my resume. Like I was just Googling it all doing my best. I applied for like 70 plus jobs. And one of the only responses I got was from a finance firm on Park Avenue. And so I started working for them as a a financial representative at first. And then I got licensed both as an insurance agent and as a securities um, broker. So I can um, basically 
if someone wants to invest now, I can also, I can be the, the conduit for them to invest their money. Um, cause you have a license to do all of that. But, um, I spent about a year solid working there and learning so much about personal finance, about how rich people stay rich, about how our financial education system in our country is absolute trash, mm-hmm. about working in an office, about, um, about myself, because at the end of the day, I am not one thing, which it, 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 it was eye-opening to me. Yeah. Um, and most of my clients, I'm still doing it like I do it um, uh, at the same time now. Um, so I'm working this full-time job, but also seeing clients like two or three days a week. Um, my friend has been absolutely incredible with accommodating Hamilton in combination with working with them. Um, but, you know, it's been it's been so eye-opening, not only the things that I've learned for myself, but it's also been eye-opening to my community because obviously a ton of my clients are in show business. And for the ones that are still in show business, it is, you know, like, it's a testament to our union. They, they do provide wonderful things for us, like a pension and a 401k. But many people within our business don't understand what either one of those things are yeah. or that they're two different things. Um, a prime example is like, I have had so many Zooms with people in show business who I ask them, okay, so what's, what does your 401k look like at this point in your career? And they'll you know, give me the number and I'll be like, okay, well, what does your pension look like? And they're like, I just gave you that number. And I'm like, no, 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 they're two separate things. They function completely differently. Um, do you know how to look up your pension? They have no idea. Uh-huh. And then I explain, I walk them through like how to sign on to the equity web- league website and, and, and load their pension. And I explain to them what that means. And they're like, Oh my God, this is so cool. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know whose fault it is. I think it may be our union's fault that they don't properly like educate their members. The, the information is there. The literature is there, but not many people take time to read it. And um, that that's just been really eye opening because the, the lawyers and the doctors and the, you know, high uh, income earners in our world, even if they don't think about all this stuff, they have someone who does. And that's why those people end up, not only because they make a lot of money, but because they're really smart with their money. And so that's how they build generational wealth. That's how they, you know, their families are then rich for, you know, decades. Um, And so that was really, really eye-opening because I have, I have clients who are in, $70,000 $70,000 worth of credit card debt. And I have clients who are making $600,000 a year or a million dollars a year with their stock options. Like, and so I've really seen the gambit now of that. And it's been so informative to my, it's, it's just taught me so much about show business. I can't, yeah. can't say that enough. And about the lack of education in show business around regarding finance. Like there's this trope that's put on us that's just like, okay, well, we're just starving artists. That's who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and is is theater hard? Absolutely, right? Is the likelihood that many people who graduate from any program going, they're going to support themselves solely doing theater? It's, it's a slim amount of people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are lucky enough to make that money, you can provide a, at least a decent life for yourself. But you have to be smart about the fact that you chose a field where money is never guaranteed and mm-hmm. you have to be very smart with what little money you're making. 
Yeah. Or what, if you are lucky enough to make a lot of money, you have to be really smart with that too because you're likely not going to make a lot of money for a long time. Yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, so that's the finance side of me now. Um, if I ever do fully leave show business, I'm sure that that is the path that I will stay on. I'm uh, thinking about while I'm on Hamilton, um, going to get my CFP, which is like, uh, it's like a master's degree for financial planners. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I love it and I'm really good at it and it's been an incredible piece of me. So during COVID you were doing that. What brought, what brought you back to, to show business? I auditioned for Hamilton in 2018 and then I got an offer the, for it. For the tour? I auditioned for Ham- the Hamilton world at the time. There were only, I think there were like two or three North American companies, including the Broadway company at that time. But the audition I went to was just for Hamilton. It wasn't for any specific thing. I see. And in 2018, they, it was like, it was the longest audition process I've ever been through. It was like six days great like six combinations six different vocal sides it was crazy um and at the end of that they asked me if i was interested in replacing someone on the tour for the summer in the track that i'm currently in um and i said i was really feeling myself at the time like really living my broadway fantasy it was i was like i had just finished uh charlie and the chocolate factory i think and i just kind of Asia on Broadway, like right. um, I was really feeling myself. I'm, I'm not going on tour. I was married. I'm married. Not was married. Oh God, don't let my husband hear me say that. <laughs> I married, so I was like, I don't want to leave my husband. All those things, blah blah blah. Uh-huh. So I said to them, I was like, okay, well, I'll do this. I responded to casting through my agent and said, like, I'll do this for the summer, but I will not extend because I know that, like, when you're a temporary replacement in shows, often the leave gets extended. So you end up getting extended or they ask you to become like some sort of swing or vacation swing after the fact. I said, I will not extend beyond this initial time. I'm a Broadway dancer and I'm coming back to be a Broadway dancer. Um, I will not become a vacation swing or a temporary, like further temporary replacement in another track after I'm done with this. And this will be my only stint on this tour. And so if you're looking for someone who will do one of those things, even be open to the possibility of it, I'm not the right person for this job. Yeah. Shocker. They gave it to someone else. Um, so, and I was like a little bit sort of like, did I make the wrong decision? But like, it was the right decision. Cause I, you know, had a wonderful like next few years as well until the pandemic uh-huh. in terms of like working, I was very fortunate. Um, and then in the fall of 2021, basically post pandemic, I was called back in for Hamilton basically to make sure I had like two working legs. still, so. mm-hmm. uh, because you know, COVID changed many people for, in many ways. Yeah. And so I went to that audition and like, just checked in. It was, I think it was just one day. I don't even remember. Um, mm-hmm. It was like an hour long. And then in the fall of 2022, a year later, I got an offer for this tour. And mm-hmm. I was really happy in my finance job. So I was like, well, I'll just like, you know, ask for the moon. And if they won't give it to me, then like, it's just as it meant to be. And they gave it to me. So I made this work and now I'm on tour. And I've been on tour since I started rehearsals in December of 2022. And I joined this company on stage in January. How is it going? Do you like it? Oh my God. This is... 
this has both renewed my faith in show business in general and also destroyed me for any future show business job. Uh, they treat us like a million dollars here. Uh-huh. I felt so valued as a company member. Our company is incredible. Everyone loves coming to work. Yeah. Um, the show is amazing. Uh, it's so fulfilling to do. Now, I am a 39-year-old quote-unquote dancer who is destroying their body every night <laughs> in the show. Um, and like, it's incredibly humbling because I sit next to a 19 year old, we, we yeah. have the same job and thing, <laughs> and I'm, you know, one foot in retirement. Um, so who knows what is next or how long this will last, but it has been the most incredible experience. And now we're in Chicago, we're here for four and a half months total. We're, we're, uh, finishing up our third week right now. Yeah. Uh, and I just like could not be happier, honestly. Yeah. The only thing that's wrong with this is that I don't have my like my community of friends and my husband. Um, right. Other than that, this is like my absolute dream. Chicago is one of my favorite cities in the world. So yeah, it's like your your husband's in, your husband's in the city in New York. My husband is normally in the city, but right now he is the company manager of the Moulin Rouge tour. Oh, he is there in Pittsburgh this week, and uh, he's doing that. He's been I a company manager the last like decade. I see. Okay. Um, yeah, good. Because I was going to ask you how you got involved in the tour, so I'm glad we talked about that. Um, okay. Um, we can wrap up soon, but um, I think like um, with with the finance thing, I, I, I hate being asked this. I know maybe you will too of like advice, but like if you, it, maybe in a finance way as well, and also maybe in an artistic way for a college student, um, maybe going to the city, like something that you were like, oh, I wish I should have done that, you know, or, or um, something like that. Well, I think, thankfully, the business is very different now than it was when I moved there in 2006. Um, my biggest piece of advice artistically is no one can be, and we hear this all the time in this business, but it's so fucking true. Mm-hmm. nobody can be a better version of you than you. And you can't be a better version of anyone else than they are. So figure out what makes you you. Embrace your quirks. Like, listen to these raspy voice tones, babe. I used to apologize for the voice every time I opened my mouth. Nope. <laughs> now the moment you hear this B. Arthur moment, babe, you right. know who's speaking to you. And that, it, I'm grateful for it because it makes me me. It separates me from every other uh, every other average white guy out there, right? Right. Um, and so, embrace yourself, be yourself, and don't apologize for yourself. And if you can figure out how to do that, your art will thrive. Yeah. Business wise, do your research, just like Evan did his research before this recording. Right. Do your research because you need to figure out how to maximize whatever money you are making. And this, go- this is a lesson for life, let alone being in show business, but just from a financial perspective, if you don't know where your money is going, you won't know where it went. And that is like true in life in general. So if you, I don't know if it's talking to your parents, I don't know if it's talking to your friend who works at a finance firm, I don't know if it's meeting with a financial advisor, I don't know what the answer is for you because it's different for everyone. but you got to figure that out and and be proactive so you don't have to be reactive later when you're in $20,000 worth of credit card debt after two years in the city, right? Yeah. Um, 
you got to be smart. If you're not, if you're just going to fly by the seat of your pants, statistically speaking, you will fail. Yeah. Um, and so that's from a finance perspective. I wouldn't necessarily say a show business perspective, but from yeah. a show business perspective, I would say be a good time, be a fun time, be show up, um, be professional, but also be a person and have a great time. Meet people, lead with kindness. And, you know, if you do most of those things, you are at least destined to have a great, build a great life for yourself. And then one other thing I would definitely say about like coming out of Syracuse and something that wasn't really expressed to me when I was there is that you have a, you will have a college degree at the end of that. Yes. It's a BFA in, in whatever theater sphere you chose to concentrate on, but you have a college degree and you went to theater school, which gives you a skill set that it just blows every other average person who went to school for like, you know, marketing or whatever out of the water, right? You can talk to people uh, in a way that they can't. You can listen in a way that they can't. You yeah. can thrive in an office. Like if you show up to that office with a theater degree, whether you become a lawyer, a doctor, or, you know, the office manager, it doesn't matter. You will be the most popular girl at school. <laughs> That's who you are. That's who we are. That's yes. who we are as theater people. We we are we are ostentatious in just the right way, hopefully, and a little bit quirky, and we're a great time, and people love us. So that degree, even if you don't, like so many people discover while they're in school for theater that they don't want to do theater after college, right? Um, but you're not one thing. So the really exciting thing is you got this degree, and now you can use that skill set to build a life for you in whatever field you choose to walk down. And should you walk down one path and decide 10 years later you want to do a different one? You can because yeah. you have that skill set. And that that is part of the, the the bonus and the icing on the cake of having a college degree, but a college degree in theater particularly, right? Mm -hmm. So many of my finance clients started work in other fields and rose to the top of their field so much faster than their colleagues because they are the people who... Um, are effectively communicating, are, you know, driven and who are, they have the skill set required to succeed. Mm -hmm. And that's something I hope every person in any theater program around this country knows and, and at least puts a little bit of faith in when they finish and, and attempt to life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I think that's a good place to end. That was great. Evan, so it was nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for talking with me, especially on a, on a two-show day. Well, it's okay. It's nice to, yeah. you know, warm up a bit and uh, finish my coffee.